When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Gaming 2 is almost complete, it's just Crystal Palace versus Arsenal to go. The sooner this game week is over, the better. I need Game Week 3 to roll around as fast as possible. It's a Friday deadline again this week, 6.30pm UK time, 90 minutes before Chelsea versus Luton kicks off. I'm sure a few managers will be holding off on their transfers until close to the deadline in the hope of getting some early Chelsea team news. In today's episode, a quick review of Game Week 2. I'll update the watch list, highlight a few stats that caught my eye, answer listener questions and finish with captaincy and potential transfers for the weekend. There's a lot of potential transfer routes to go with two freeze. There will be another episode on Friday after the pressers, so make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening for that one. A quick review of how the game week went. I will keep this brief because it was a disastrous game week, really. I know a lot of people struggled this game week. There's quite a b- big swing. You know, the people who had the Matomas and the Mbumos had good game weeks. Those of us who didn't have a 6.5 million midfielder, we tended to struggle. On Monday morning, I'm sitting on 27 points with Saka and Martinelli to go. So hopefully those guys can bump up the points. Gabriel is on my bench. He's going to stay there. So I'm hoping that he either doesn't play or Crystal Palace score. So the only player who delivered was a Stupinen with the 11-pointer. Captain Haaland blanked. Watkins got an assist. He's possibly on the chopping block as well, which I'll talk about later. Overall blanks for goalkeeper Turner, Shaw, Chilwell. Frustrating to see Chilwell just get 60 minutes. We'll talk more about him as well. The Manchester United double-up has been a disaster the first two weeks. Rashford and Bruno. Joe Pedro benched, comes on, gets a yellow card, zero-pointer. That was painful to watch Mbumo and Matoma deliver. 
when I went Joe Pedro instead. And elsewhere on the bench, Nakamba and Bayer didn't have a fixture. And Johnston is yet to play tonight. So overall, you know, on paper, the team's not too bad. But it was a pretty frustrating game week two. But I'm much more comfortable having a bad game week in game week two. I'd rather it happen now than you know, game week 36, 37, 38. So there's plenty of time to go in this season. The main message for me in this podcast, don't panic. Don't overreact. Don't knee-jerk. Give yourself a few days to assess things, especially if you've got two free transfers. There's a lot of different routes we can go. We could get some new information midweek, new signings, injuries, all that kind of stuff. We've seen it with John Stones and Reese James last week. So my advice is be patient. You know, whether you've had a good game week or a bad game week, I would try and hold off until Friday to make your transfers if you can. There was also no new members to the 59th Minute Club this week. Hopefully we'll get a new member or two join the club during the Palace-Arsenal game on Monday night, as long as it's not Martinelli or Saka. Notable mentions for Chilwell, who just about made it to 60 minutes. Cody Gagpo at Liverpool manages 62 minutes. And Richarlison, who's in a lot of teams, 69 minutes in game week two. I know a few people will be getting tempted to sell him, possibly for his teammate Madison, if he's okay. Madison did leave in a... I think precautionary protective boot on crutches so we need more information on that before we think about buying him this week keep an eye on those clocks in game week three and make sure you tag me in a tweet if you see anyone getting the dreaded substitution Moving on to the watch list, quite a few players added, as is often the case early in the season. A lot of players are putting their hand up for inclusion. It is small sample sizes, so I always take these with a pinch of salt. But players added to the watch list this week, I'll start with the defenders. Guardiol at Manchester City. I think I seen a tweet last night that John Stones will be out until after the international break, which is around game week five. So Guardiol's getting plenty of minutes. He could just get plenty of minutes all season anyway. And at 5 million, he's a very attractive route into the Man City defence. So he's on my mind. I do like Ruben Diaz as well. But I think the 0.5 million cash saving you can get with Guardiol is the way I would go there. Serge Aurier had a very impressive game week with two assists. Bowman forward from right wing back for Nottingham Forest. He's just 4.5 million. So he's put his hand up as another option in that price bracket. Udogi at Tottenham clean sheet against Manchester United we know he's got attacking potential if he continues to get regular starts I do like him as an attacking 4.5 option so he's added also as is Matty Cash at this price point 4.5 Aston Villa got the clean sheet we know he's got some attacking potential as well Aston Villa just a really good side I knew the game we won against Newcastle was a bit of an anomaly and they came back and they put in a very impressive performance in game week two, albeit against a very poor Everton side. But Matty Cash joins those other 4.5s on the watch list. Another 4.5 defender I've added is Colwell at Chelsea. They have the fixtures now, game week three, all the way through to game week eight. Even if you look at game week three to game week 11, Chelsea are top of the fixture ticker. Really good fixtures. I've already got Chilwell. Colwell basically didn't want to go there game week one. Just wanted to make sure he's going to be first choice. He started the first two games nice and cheap. And there should be some Chelsea clean sheets to come now. In particular with Caicedo and Lavia joining the team. So Colwell, if you're looking for a 4.5, is another option. It's basically going into the season, I didn't know which 4.5 to choose. So I avoided them all. And at this point, it's still really hard to choose 
who is the best 4.5 million defender. On to the midfielders added this week. Douglas Louise at Aston Villa. Disappointing for Watkins owners that he didn't step up and take the penalty. Although it was nice to get the assist. So we only missed out on one point there really. But maybe could have been a few bonus points if he actually got the goal. Douglas Louise quietly had a very good season FPL wise last year he takes a lot of corners he's on penalties now as well it looks like so again at 5.5 looks like a decent option in that price point but I don't think I'd be using that spot in my my, my midfield over for example a 6.5 option or higher maybe even a Phil Foden Douglas Louise if you look at the stats it will tell you he takes a lot of corners but watching from the eye test yesterday, a lot of the corners go short. Most of the corners were played short to someone who was beside him. Then it's played to John McGinn, and it's usually John McGinn who's actually swinging the ball into the box. So don't get overexcited by the fact that Douglas Dewey's is taking a lot of corners because a lot of them do go short, and he's not actually the player playing the ball into the box. But penalty is certainly a big factor, and we know he gets in the box. He can score from open play as well. Just a really good player. James Ward-Prowse joined West Ham straight away. Two assists, one from the corner, and then the second one for Antonio in the second goal in that game. Ward-Prowse is only six million. I thought he'd be 6.5. But again, I've added him to the watch list. Do, will I really go and buy him over a March or a Matoma or a Bumo or a Diaby? Unlikely. I think I prefer spending 0.5 on the other guys if we find out that Ward Prowse is the penalty taker again we didn't because Paqueta stepped up Paqueta's got some off possibly off the ball off the pitch stuff happening in terms of gambling and stuff like that so if that developed and Paqueta was out of the picture at any point maybe Ward Prowse would get penalties then that's only then I think I would consider him FPL wise but he's kind of one of those players you have to put him in play him every week and basically never take him out and he probably will take over value wise for six millions he's not a terrible option but i just think the 6.5 guys are more exciting raheem sterling i thought looked really good for chelsea despite not getting any attacking returns again they've got the fixtures at seven million i like sterling as a differential i think if he bangs in the next week or two a lot of us are going to be going there uh, because those fixtures are so good so maybe you could get on sterling before everyone else does for the looting game on friday night and you could get some points there elsewhere jota at liverpool on the score sheet some good underlying numbers which i'll talk about soon as well like him as an option Hyungman son no attacking returns yet i don't think but passed the eye test for me in the most recent game i think he has shown signs of getting back to his best and i still have faith that he will be a good option under Postacoglu. Uh, Richarlison's not doing much. I do still really like Madison, as long as he's not injured. Hyungman's son, it's very hard to fit him in at the price point. You're going to have to sell Rashford if you have him, for example. Maybe people downgrading from Salah might look at Hyungman's son. But I think it's hard to look at him when you've got Richarlison for cheaper, you've got Madison for cheaper, and there's every chance they could do just as well FPL-wise. But I don't want to forget him. And again, I like Hyungman's son as a differential couple of strikers added to the watch list this week. A Wanyi at Nottingham Forest. He's absolutely smashing it since the end of last season. I think it's something like seven or eight games he scored in a row in the league. His, his numbers are really good if you go back and have a look at the end of last season. Back in the starting 11, back on the score sheet. The issue is, I think he's 6.5 million in that price bracket. You've got Alvarez at City. You've got a few other options. You could go for a midfielder instead. You've got Wissa, who's cheaper, good numbers. You know, Brentford, probably a better team than Forrest. A one year, again, on the watch list, but probably unlikely to come in unless he continues to smash it and it gets to a point where we just have to own him. 
a cheap 4.5 million striker also added to the watch list. Osula is already on the watch list since game week one. Now Semenyo is there from Bournemouth as well. He got the start and more importantly, he was on the score sheet. So Semenyo could be the best 4.5 million forward. It's still too early to say that, but Osula is really young. I think he just turned 20, hasn't got a huge amount of games under his belt. Semenyo, hopefully with that goal, we'll, we'll see him get more minutes over the next couple of weeks as well. So that is the watch list in terms of players added this week. The players removed, just two. Rhys James, he's gone. He was on the watch list, but he's gone because he's injured and unlikely to return to the watch list even when he is fit because I don't like players that when you buy them, you almost immediately have to sell them. So yeah, quite happy with Chilwell like Colwell as an option, Sterling, Jackson, there's a lot of good options there at Chelsea. Even Enzo Fernandez is emerging as a good FPL pick. Cunha at Wolves I've also removed. Maybe a bit harsh to remove Cunha because I think he's re- looked really good in the first couple of games, in particular against Manchester United in game week one. But I just don't see myself going for a Cunha over some of the other players mentioned on the watch list. So that is the watch list rounded up ahead of game week three. We'll update it again on next Monday's episode. <laughs> Moving on to the stats section now, I've had a look, as I do every Monday morning before I record, I jump into the Fantasy Football Scout members area and see what numbers are jumping out from the weekend's action. Defenders, first of all, I was kind of looking at my transfer options before I looked at the stats section, and one of my options is to free up cash by selling Luke Shaw, because I'm a bit frustrated with the Manchester United assets, but I was surprised to see and maybe happy to see that Luke Shaw created six chances in Game Week 2, so maybe I do give him the Nottingham Forest game at home and find the cash for other transfers elsewhere. Chilwell was, despite only playing 60 minutes, he was the highest among defenders for XGI, which is expected goal involvement with 0.72. I'm not too concerned about the the benching. I think he'll be absolutely fine long-term. Phil Foden, seven chances created. Phil Foden was amazing for City in Game Week 2, and he's certainly right up there as one of the top transfer targets for a lot of managers going into Game Week 3. If he continues to play centrally, he's going to get a lot of FPL points. Bruno Fernandes, again, he's on the chopping block for a lot of managers because he's blanked in the first two games. I don't think I'll be selling him because his underlying statistics are good and it's a good fixture. In Game 2, Bruno created four chances. Two of them were big chances. He had six goal attempts. Three of them were from inside the box. So those numbers to me are not for a player that you would be selling before they play Nottingham Forest at home. Yes, if he blanks against Forest again, maybe we sell him before the Arsenal game. In terms of chances created, all of these players created four chances in Game 2. Hyungman Son, Mitsuma, Gibbs White at Forest, and Enzo Fernandez at Chelsea. So Enzo is creating chances. He's getting in the box. There was one occasion I was watching that Chelsea game. Enzo was standing right on the penalty spot, free, ready to score. Chukwameka just failed to find him, and Enzo was furious. So on another day, we're looking at an Enzo goal. Obviously, he missed the penalty as well. Interesting to see if he keeps them or if that goes to someone else now. But if he does keep the penalties, he's going to be a pretty good FPL pick this season. He's going to be playing more advanced when the likes of Caicedo are there to shield the back four. In terms of goal attempts, Solly March came out well. Five goal attempts, three shots in the box and two big chances. I presume the big chances were the two that he scored. Jota had five goal attempts, four of them from inside the box. So that catches the eye as well. Mbumo and Rashford both had three shots in the box. One of them is getting FPL points and one of them isn't. I don't own Mbumo. I would really like to own Mbumo. Rashford's in my team. 
do I keep him? Do I not? Big question I have this week. I think I'm going to keep Bruno, but if I do sell one of my Manchester United midfielders, I think Rashford's on the chopping block more so. In terms of XGI, expect a goal involvement for midfielders at the weekend. Mbumo came out on top with a very healthy 2.10. Obviously, one of those is a penalty, and his, his second goal was a tap-in as well with no defender, no goalkeeper around. But if you do, even when you take away the... The penalty, the non-penalty XG for Mbumo, I think was second among midfielders at the weekend. So his numbers are good. Everything's a small sample size here. So always remember that. Take everything with a pinch of salt. But Mbumo is a player. He plays a lot of minutes. He takes penalties. He plays for a good team. Takes set pieces. You know, lots of routes to points. He's just a really good FPL pick. He's not my team. And I would like to have him in it as soon as possible. Bruno Fernandes was second for XGI among midfielders at the weekend, 1.38. And Matoma was quite high as well with 1.18. In terms of the forwards in the stats section, Watkins, people are talking about selling them. Three chances created. So it's not just goals you get with Watkins. He does create chances as well. It is frustrating though. If Douglas Louise is going to take penalties, that takes Watkins down a peg or two in my book. And when you look at your team, I've got two free transfers. When you're looking at how do you free up cash to put... Basically, I'm in a 3-4-3 with Joe Pedro. How do I get to a 3-5-2? You know, I need cash from somewhere. And you look at Watkins at 8 million and you think, can I get can I get similar returns from someone like a Wissa or an Alvarez or a Jackson and free up the cash there? So I think it's it, it splits opinion. Some people think there's no, no way you should sell Watkins if you picked him game week one. But when you're looking to free up cash, maybe to restructure... I think there's perfect logic to do it also, especially now with no penalties. Wissa comes out really well in the numbers. Again, small sample size. Seven goal attempts at the weekend for Wissa. Six shots in the box, two big chances. And looking at the season stats for the first two game weeks, Wissa is top among all these metrics for forwards. Goal attempts, shots in the box, shots on target, and XG. So Wissa, a lot of people are talking about Jackson this week. People are talking about Alvarez. I think Wissa should be right up there in the conversation at a cheaper price. Final stat from the weekend, Erling Haaland, four shots in the box, but a blank. So the numbers were good for Haaland. We just didn't get the outcome. Before I answer the listener questions, I just want to give a quick plug for my Patreon. I hate doing self-promotion, but it's got to be done when you're full-time FPL. FPL is my full-time job if you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support it and me you can check out patreon.com forward slash fpl general or just google fpl general patreon and you'll find it there's also a link on my twitter bio if you want to find it there you'll get ITES podcasts thursday night live streams q a's team reveals and more any questions you have about becoming a patron before you sign up send me a dm on twitter listener questions now thank you for sending them across i usually pick out about 10 of the best and they should hit all of the hot topics going into the next game week. First one's from Johnny. As a Rashford and Bruno owner, do I hold them for Forrest at home, or do I sell one of them for Mbumo? And if so, which one? So this is one of the exact questions I'm asking myself this week. Mbumo, to me, is just a bit of a no-brainer FPL-wise. A lot of people thought that game week one. Well done if you did. People like myself who don't own them now, the fixtures for Mbumo in the next two, you think he's got two really nice home fixtures coming up. It might be Crystal Palace and Bournemouth off the top of my head. Need to double check that. But Bumo definitely has two good home fixtures coming up. Obviously, the United guys have good a good fixture against Forest, and then I think it's Arsenal after that. So I'm quite conflicted here. I think it is fine to lose one of the United guys. 
for a performing asset with good fixtures. So Bumo ticks that box, maybe Foden ticks that box, Madison, if he's fit, could tick that box as well. I feel I feel over-invested in Manchester United when they haven't started the season the way I thought they would. They were pretty shocking against Wolves. I watched that game, didn't see the Tottenham game, but again, you know, losing 2-0 doesn't bode too well. I've got Shaw as well, which doesn't help the situation. Just a couple of things here. Again, Bruno Fernandes is second for XGI among the midfielders this season. Rashford's 20th, so there's a big difference there. Again, small sample size. Bruno has the penalties. You save it an extra 0.5 if you sell Rashford instead of Bruno. And again, like I said, I think it's fine to lose one of them. It's one of those where you can absolutely keep Bruno and Rashford for Forrest. Good fixture. They could both return really well. But I wouldn't stop anyone from selling one of them for a performing asset from a good team with good fixtures because you're hoping you're going to outperform or at least match and free up cash in the process so this is going to split opinion all week you're going to hear a lot of content saying you should keep the united guys some will say it's fine to lose them my current thinking is if i think the best use of my two free transfers this week if one of them is losing rashford i'm open to doing it because rashford is what nine million Mbumo 6.5, Madison 7.5, Foden 7.5. Can I get similar returns at a cheaper price and then be able to upgrade or fix a problem like a Joe Pedro? I think that's absolutely fine. So at the moment, I'm very open to selling Rashford. But I think Bruno, with the underlying numbers, with the penalties, he's the one I'll hold on to. And I do like this extra 0.5 that selling Rashford frees up as well. So yeah, it's a tricky one. and It's probably going to take me all week to figure this one out. And I'm sure a lot of other managers are in the same boat. So, you know, fine to keep them for Forest, But if you think overall it makes your squad better by losing one and it fixes a few issues, puts out a few fires, absolutely fine as well. Question from Mr. Smoggy. Should I ditch Salah? It means I can spread my money on two transfers. For example, getting Mbumo and a striker. Yeah, I think if you went for Salah game week one, you were really getting him for game week two for the captaincy. Didn't go great. You were unlucky with a penalty miss. But your plan probably all along was then redistribute the cash. At the moment, I think Salah's got five points in the first two game weeks, so 10 points in total. That's not a lot for a 12.5 million asset. I've, you know, I set myself up game week one. I preferred spreading the cash. I still prefer spreading the cash. Salah hasn't done enough for me to think, right, I need to go and change my structure and buy him. So I do like the idea of losing Salah and spreading your cash around, especially if you have two free transfers. Seems like an okay time to do it when Liverpool face Newcastle away next, and then Aston Villa at home. Two very good sides. Question from Tor. What to do with Pickford's? Should I spend a precious transfer on him, or should I let him give him some more time? Yeah, the Pickford one is is frustrating. I think he's got back-to-back one-pointers. I'm glad I dodged that bullet. I was quite close to going for Pickford, but in the end, I just... If I don't really rate a goalkeeper, I don't pick them from my FBL team. I rated Johnston higher. That's why I ended up going Johnston over Pickford. Have seen a few rumours about Dean Henderson going to Crystal Palace, so that could that could mess up my goalkeeper situation, but I'll deal with that if it happens. At least I've got Turner as a backup, you know, short term if I need it. If I own Pickford, what would I do? Would I spend a precious transfer on him or would I give him more time? I think looking at the fixtures, it's Wolves next who struggle to score. And then it's Sheffield United, who could be the poorest team in the league this season. So I think... More than likely, there's more exciting transfers you want to make in midfield and attack. So if I own Pickford, I would make your transfers elsewhere. Give them the next game, maybe the next two games. And then when it gets to game week five, maybe you sell Pickford before Arsenal and Brentford if he's still underperforming. But it, it can change quickly. Pickford could do well against Wolves and Sheffield United. It's not crazy to think there's two clean sheets there. Even if you get one, 
and you get a three-pointer or a four-pointer in the other game through saves, your mind will change very quickly and you'll think, right, maybe Pickford's actually fine as a 4.5 goalkeeper. So I don't think you need to panic yet. Yes, it's been a tricky start to the season, but, you know, goalkeeper goalkeeper transfers, if you can, it's more of a wildcard decision if possible. So just because the fixtures are okay the next two and you're more than likely wanting to do something exciting in midfield or an attack, or you might have a couple of other issues, Pickford, I would just leave him for the next two games. Get your exciting transfers done. And then if it gets to game week five and he's still a huge problem, you know, let's say he doesn't keep a clean sheet against Wolves or Sheffield United, then you probably do need to fix it. Uh, but again, you know, even if you have a Turner or an Ariola, maybe that can save you from making a transfer. And maybe if you're if you are done with Pickford, maybe you just in your mind, in your mind, maybe you make him your four million goalkeeper and you you know, Turner or Ariola in your mind as your 4.5 goalkeeper maybe just kind of a bit of a mindset switch there and just play the other guys until you have a transfer to use but yeah I would avoid a goalkeeper transfer if possible question from Mark Brown subbed after 60 minutes is Chilwell still essential Mark says I'm probably going to bring him in anyway despite this yeah I wouldn't let that put you off I fully expect uh, Chilwell in the starting 11 against Luton Friday night and we know what he can do when he's in the team it's the Chelsea fixtures they're incredible uh, Chelsea's next five or six fixtures Luton, Forest, Bournemouth, Villa Fulham, Burnley If you don't have Chilwell, again he'd be right, still right up there as a, as a top target Don't let the 60 minute substitution put you off Just a bit of a tactical one They went from a back five to a back four I think Colwell went over to left back, left back They left Gusto on at right back Again, I wouldn't be worried Chilwell's, Chilwell's captain at the weekend He's, he's going to be one of the first first names in that team sheet most weeks Unless there's an, you know, an underlying fitness thing That they're managing that we don't know about which is, which is probably unlikely. Uh, just keep an eye out for comments, maybe on Friday. But again, there's a good chance you might get a Chelsea team sheet before the deadline anyway. So if you're thinking about buying Chilwell, maybe you could wait until you know around 6 o'clock on Friday, half an hour before the deadline. Something might slip through and that just gives you your confirmation that Chilwell starts and you can go ahead with the transfer. But if we don't get any news, yeah, I would, I would absolutely go and buy Chilwell this week for the Luton fixture. Question from FPL Wave. Manchester City are looking strong. Priority this week is to add a third one. Would you add a defender, Diaz, or another attacker, Alvarez, for a triple up with Haaland and Foden? It feels like the defenders will tick very nicely. So you're in a nice position there. You've already got Haaland and Foden. Uh, Foden performed very well, got you some nice points, and they've got Sheffield United next. If I already had those two, who would be my third one? I think I would lean towards a defensive pick. Um, Diaz I really like I think Vardial could save you 0.5 and I do expect him to get plenty of minutes so you know you make your decision on those two I do think Diaz is probably the safest in terms of minutes longer term Alvarez is attractive but do you need a City attack and triple up I don't think so because there's a lot of good options elsewhere at other teams and if you are tripled up on Haaland, Foden, Alvarez you're probably going to have weeks where you're frustrated that you can't get to some of your other targets. So I would go defensive. I would go Guardiol or Ruben Diaz. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Next question is from Andy Mack. Similar question, or at least related, with Man City. Alvarez or Jackson for the upcoming game weeks? So, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be in this boat this week. And again, I want to just throw Wissa into the mix here. If you're considering Alvarez or Jackson, do not ignore Wissa. His numbers are great. Fixtures are still good. Just a really good player playing for a good team. Alvarez minutes to me seem better now he can be i think he can rely on him a bit more jackson is the typical fixtures pick he's new to the league he hasn't scored yet he's got back-to-back one pointers so he must have had me he must have two yellow cards already um it's I'm, I'm a bit i'm not sure how i feel about jackson just yet it's one of those where how much how much are you going to lean on the fixtures because the fixtures are fantastic and if Jackson's starting games, surely he just finds a way to get an FPL points just because the fixtures are so good. Alvarez plays for the best team in the league. Yes, slight concern about rotation, but you know, should get significant minutes. And when he's on the pitch, he's quite effective. Or you go for the steady Eddie and Wissa, who's probably going to start every game. Something on my mind here with Jackson as well is, you know, the transfer window's still open. Chelsea, we know, like to spend money. So there's every chance to just go out and buy another striker and maybe... You know, by the time we get to game week three, game week four, Jackson could have some competition. And then at that point, you're thinking, right, that's a bit of a concern. So again, that's that's why I think Wiss is very attractive because you don't have any really concerns about him at the moment. I know Brentford could do the same, but there was, uh, you know, Thomas Frank after the game on match of the day was basically saying, you know, everyone was asking us, what are we going to do with Ivan Tony? Where are the goals going to come from? And he was very confident. He said at the end of last season, he said basically he said we know Boom was going to get goals, we know Wiss is going to get goals. So it's good. It's good to hear a manager, you know, backing up the player there as well. So for me, I think Wiss is actually ahead of Alvarez and Jackson. For me, Wiss to me is more of a more of an FPL general pick, one where there's no major concerns. So I'm probably going to be weighing up. I don't think I'll go for Alvarez. I think it'll be Jackson versus Wissa for me. So it's totally fixtures. How much do I expect Jackson to deliver in the fixtures? Or do I go for Wissa, who's got good underlying numbers and, and good fixtures as well? So I think it's tricky. Alvarez or Jackson, I would think I would say Jackson, fixtures. And then, you know, for me, uh, Monday morning, Wissa is high on my mind. Question from Gavin Clark. Gavin was having some issues with his, with his bench. Can you suggest one or two players in each outfield position? At the lowest price point for the bench. Um, so yeah, lowest price point defenders, four million. You've got Bayer at Burnley, Kabori at Luton. You might want to take a punt on Gusto at Chelsea at the moment while James is out, but that might be a bit of a short-term pick. Um, so yeah, I think still think Bayer and Kabori are absolutely fine for the bench. Nakamba as a 4.5 million midfielder. I went for Nakamba game week one. Basically, there's no good 4.5 million midfielders, but if you are shopping for a, for one of them, you just go for a go for a team that you will never want to triple up on. I am never going to want to have triple Luton, so that's why I went for Nakamba over someone like Elliot Anderson at Newcastle or a Sarah Tottenham because they take up a spot and you might want to triple up. You know, Sarah Tottenham, for example, just scored, but I wouldn't go and buy him because, you know, when Benton Kerr's back, he'll be out of the team probably. And you might want, you know, Madison, Richarlison, Son, Udogi, other defenders. So, yeah, go for a, a 4.5 million midfielder who, who you won't want to triple up on their team at any point in the season. And up front, Osula 
at Sheffield United has played 163 minutes over the first two games, which is good. Semenyo, who scored for Bournemouth, has played 90 minutes over the two games, so 15 minutes in the first one, 75 minutes in the second one. So even though Asula has more minutes, I think, again, it's it's impossible to read this, but Semenyo, for me, for example, if I was wildcarding this week and I needed a 4.5 million forward, I would probably go Semenyo and gamble that he's going to get more minutes long-term over Asula, who's pretty young, and again, they might go and sign another striker question from fpl doctor i feel like i need to make an appointment with you fpl doctor after the game week i've had just to just to keep me calm and, and get me through the week fpl doctor has two transfers and no injuries should i be looking to keep one of the transfers in the bag and also what about watkins to jackson yes or no so first of all if you've got two free transfers always remember just because you've got two frees it doesn't mean you need to use both of them if you use just one of them you'll still have two transfers the following week for anyone who's new to the game so i'm trying to keep that in mind i think i most likely will use my two free transfers because I, I want to fix a couple of things but I'm trying to keep an open mind as well maybe I can just make one transfer maybe free up a bit of cash and then have more flexibility game week three game week four Watkins to Jackson I've seen a few people talking about this I think it's fine again it comes back to Chelsea's fixtures Watkins is away to Burnley this week losing the penalties is an issue but again Jackson doesn't have penalties either it's 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 Basically, it's, it's going to split opinion. How much faith do you have in Jackson when he's got back-to-back one-pointers? His underlying numbers are pretty good. But is he going to be one of these players who maybe flatter to deceive and you know, to, you know know fails to convert good real-life performances into good FPL performances? So I come down on the side of keeping Watkins for Burnley, maybe giving Jackson another week. But it's very attractive because it is looting at home on Friday night. So if you get news that, for example, if you get news that Jackson's confirmed starting before the deadline... When it's looting, it's very, very hard to ignore. Um, so I think Watkins is fine to keep, again, but I wouldn't stop anyone from going Watkins to Jackson. If you think what Jackson's the better pick the next few weeks, if he's going to outscore Watkins, you go for it, you save a million quid, and you do that elsewhere. So Watkins, I thought, would be someone I would keep quite long term, but he's been disappointing so far, and I think losing the penalties is a big factor. Um, so I'm going to keep an open mind on Watkins to Jackson as well over the week. I'll see how that develops and we'll come back to it on Friday. Question from Sweeler. Is there anything wrong with burning a transfer this week? All my players play for good teams and have good fixtures. Yeah, there will be occasions in FPL where you have two free transfers and there's absolutely no improvements you can make to your team. And don't be afraid to just let the transfer burn. Again, if you let a transfer burn, you'll just have two free transfers again the week after that. So very often there is something you can improve maybe it's a bench pick even if it's freeing up 0.2.3 million but that's probably more so in a couple of weeks time someone also asked this question they've got two free transfers they've got no issues but they do have pickford um in that scenario if you have two free transfers you've got absolutely no other no other issues i would just treat yourself to a better goalkeeper and in that scenario i would sell pickford if you're not going to use your transfer you may as well get rid of a Pickford for a, for a better goalkeeper at, at the same price. So, yeah, if you've got two frees, if you've got no issues, if your bench is the way you want it to be long-term, yeah, fine to just let the transfer burn. Question from Ryan. Ryan says, I know it's early, but what's the minimum amount of guys you would need to change before you start contemplating your wildcard? Would it be six, seven or more? Yeah, I think, you know, six, seven, eight. If you're looking at six, seven, eight players that you really want to sell, then it's absolutely fine to wildcard. Uh, and there's no... There's no right or wrong time to wildcard. If you wildcard game week two, game week three, game week four, you can do very well long term. But 
I, I do think it's early. It does feel early. If your team's in any way decent shape, maybe a minus four, even a minus eight can get you out of a few holes and, and keep your wildcard for longer when we've got more information. It does seem a little bit knee-jerk to, to wildcard gimmick three, especially when everything's a bit up in the air at the moment. We've got some guys who are performing really well, who a lot of us don't have. You've got a lot of guys who we do have not performing, you know, Watkins, Bruno, Rashford, a couple of others. But that can change quickly. You know, you could wildcard out all of these guys. You know, for example, people who wildcard this week might be tempted to go without Bruno and Rashford. You know, what happens then if they both bang against Forrest? Are you going to be chasing to get them back in again? So it's early days. It's small sample sizes. There's a lot of noise at the moment. So the, my, my main advice is probably just stay calm and hold on to your wildcard a little bit longer. Unless your team's an absolute mess. You know, there, there probably is a few teams out there that are an absolute mess and maybe have had an absolutely shocking start to the season that are maybe, you know, five, six, seven million overall rank or way down the mini league. If it feels right for your squad, don't be afraid to wildcard early. But if it's in any way decent shape, hold off a little bit longer if you can. We will wrap up the podcast with transfers and captaincy for game week three. So transfers, first of all, I have got a lot of things noted down here. First of all, I've got two frees. I've noted down there could be some surgery happening this week. I don't think I'll make any transfers until Friday. I'm not too bothered about price changes. I'll just, you know, spend whatever I have when the time comes. I want to wait for information. I've also noted down here it could be anything from one transfer to two transfers to three transfers. So I could, in one transfer, roll the other one, make two frees, or I could end up making three moves for a minus four. So a couple of options here, which I'm going to consider for the rest of the week. I could sell Pedro, who has a headache now because he was benched. Pedro, Nakamba, Luke Shaw out. Move back to a 3-5-2 with Semenyo as a 4.5 forward on the bench. And Bumo in midfield and Henry as my fourth defender. Option two, two free transfers, sell Pedro and Rashford. Or Bruno, but I think I prefer selling Rashford at the moment. Pedro and Rashford could go out for a Jackson for the fixtures. And then I would have a choice, quite a nice choice of midfielders in Bumo, Matoma, Solly March, Madison, maybe Richarlison, or Foden. So that's quite attractive with two frees. Option three, Pedro to Wissa, but I would need to find 0.1 somewhere else with a second free transfer for that. I could also just make one transfer with a view to maybe doing some even more surgery in game week four. So, you know, sell Pedro to a 4.5 million striker, for example, to free up a million quids or sell Shaw or Gabriel to a 4 million defender or 4.5. So that's just basically like a structural transfer for financial reasons, which I probably won't do. And then I'm also asking myself, could Watkins be a cash cow? Could I free up some cash there? No penalties and maybe keep Pedro even if it's on the bench. So basically I'm all over the place. It's Monday morning. Let's see how things develop this week. Let's see if there's any new information, new injuries, new signings. And then on Friday's episode, I will be a much, hopefully much more clear about what my plans are for the weekend. In terms of captaincy for Game Week 3, there's a lot of good fixtures this week. I've even seen a few people talking about a bench boost this week because the fixtures are so good. I wouldn't really recommend the bench boost Game Week 3, but if you feel like it's right for your squad, by all means go for it. I've seen a lot of people do really well actually with a Game Week 1 bench boost this season. So again, there's no right or wrong time to do anything in FPL. You do what feels right to you. I will be keeping my bench boost, I think, for a double Game Week later in the season though. Captaincy this week, Haaland is away to Sheffield United. I think I'll just go there. Really good fixture. A lot of guys have good home fixtures. Sack is home to Fulham. Jackson's home to Luton. Mbumo is at home to Crystal Palace. And Bruno and Rashford are at home to Forest. So captaincy could be a bit split this week. But I feel like even though it's an away fixture, when Haaland plays Sheffield United, 
I don't think you overthink it. Thank you for taking the time to listen, folks. I hope you have a good week. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. I'll talk to you again on Friday after the pressers. Hopefully there's a Martinelli hat-trick tonight to celebrate, and I'll talk to you all soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.